Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 62 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ambassador Crash, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are Lave Station Commander, Alan Stroud. Good evening, and it is nice to be back in space. <laughs> it's good to see you too, sir. <laughs> also joining me in the Orange Sidewinder, we have Chief Entertainment Officer, Chris Jarvis. Good evening. And last but no means least, Head of Health and Safety, Ben Moss Woodward. Good evening, and like Alan, it is good to be back in space. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah, great to hear from you guys here as well. So, uh, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out around Lay Station in the game. We're in open play right now. You can also join us in the IRC chat channel at uh, hash lave-radio on QuakeNet. Uh, you can access that through the Lave Radio page. Or you can tweet us on at Lave Radio with any questions, and we'll try to answer them towards the end of the show. So, first of all, let's crack on with the introductions you guys so alan what have you been up to recently oh dear lots 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 <laughs> lots 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 and not very elite things really i'm working on um fiction for chaos reborn my some other work projects are sort of uh, coming through and getting done we've got some few of my academic things coming up later in the show uh but one thing that certainly is uh, has happened in the last couple of weeks is i've managed to get my music up onto google play so Sorting that out and managing the the schedule for Live Radio Live has been my kind of ability to to touch base with what's going on with Elite. You know, I, I kind of haven't really been about for, for much of the other stuff because I've been working on other things. But um, yeah, and you know, this time of year at university is always tough because the lecturers get lots of stuff handed to them that they have to mark, mm, like a well which imagine. is <laughs> which is fun. <laughs> Absolutely busy, busy time for you. But uh, yeah, nice to hear from you again, like I said. And uh, Chris Jarvis, what have you been up to, sir? Uh, well, I, I've mostly been going back and forth to hospital to visit my wife um, and trying to oh, no. sort of get some work done. And um, uh, well, not a lot of that's been happening. But um, yeah, mostly it's just been about Hannah because, uh, as I'm sure you guys uh, know, she broke her leg quite badly yeah. uh, about three weeks ago. So uh, she's just out of hospital yesterday and finally home. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, I mean, things aren't normal, but hopefully I'll be able to, you know, get some work done and don't have to keep going back and forth to a hospital and, and on all the usual sorts of things. Oh, yeah, well, my, my thoughts are with you guys, so <laughs> hope she gets better soon. Yeah, and I, unfortunately now, every time we uh, travel on a plane, um, she's going to set all the metal detectors off uh, <laughs> and may may have to demonstrate the, her, her new robot leg. So, um, <clears throat> Crikey. Crikey. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it never rains, but it pours, is it? Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Ben, my friend, what have you been up to? Well, my past few weeks have been very much the same as Jarvis's, unfortunately. My wife's grandmother had a nasty fall and has basically been in hospital for the past seven weeks now. So I, like Jarvis, I've been back and forth between hospital and looking after my children and very, very little time for any gaming, although I did sneak in a tiny bit of Deus Ex from 97, because that's the only thing that my work laptop was actually able to play. <laughs> what is it with everyone oh. having injuries? I mean... <laughs> I know I was going to say though Deus Ex there is there is a rule on the internet that every time someone mentions the original Deus Ex at least 20 people have to then install it and play the nah. first mission <laughs> it'll never get further than the first mission, mission but that opening is great it's I, so I, cool I was just thinking I wonder if I've still got the CD uh, it's on Steam 
I think I've got it. Yeah, I've got it in like three yeah. different formats. I think, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, on and on the subject of people injuring themselves, unfortunately, my wife has managed to tear the cartilage in her knee, so she's laid up now for a good few weeks. Uh, so, yes, uh, everyone's getting injuries. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. I'm you're, fine. you're okay. No one's hurt me. No one's hurt me. I'm all right. Um, just you know, touch wood. Lots of wood here. I'm in the attic, so lots of wood here. Um, yeah, no, I'm 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 not injured. Just just busy. <laughs> um, Don't fall yeah. out of the loft. No, no, I'm 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 well away from the hatch. Thank you, Ben. Um, obviously, doing your job there. That was, Health and safety. That was yes. great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hopefully we've not jinxed you now by uh, mentioning all the inju- injuries. You won't be the next person in line. Uh, <laughs> I myself, I mean, I have managed to get a little bit of game time in. I've uh, involved myself with a couple of the uh, community goals that were run recently up in Zeonts, then dead in the Quivira system, and then also uh, Dizzo, which is just finished as well. So, um, yeah, I've managed to get a bit of t- time playing around i was kindly donated a, an ed tracker which is amazing fun i'm having great fun with it um so sorry guys but yeah i've managed to get a little bit of game time in i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> one of us has uh, anyway so we should uh, crack on with the next topic in tonight we've got the uh, newsletter 74 and the big news and big red font at the top of that of course power play will enter beta on the 20th of may excellent excellent i'm well stoked for this it's, it's really really great to see that uh, it's finally entering beta it's been a long long period of time I and mean, chris you were just saying before we started that you haven't had to update it's been a long time since you've logged on you haven't had to update yeah i know with everything that's been happening i probably haven't been able to play elite uh in over in over three weeks and i was fully expecting to see an upgrade button uh and there wasn't one so uh they're obviously putting pushing all the effort into the uh, power play update yeah absolutely i'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a really really big update and given the uh, information they've been leaking out so far i think it's going to be amazing i can't wait uh nice to see we've got a good screenshot in the newsletter this week to show how we're going to be interacting with the galaxy map this is something that michael brooks hinted at uh, a little while back the you know, new way to interact with the galaxy um here we can see the direct visualization of that you've got this nice kind of cluster almost like meta meta balls that you'd expect in a 3D package there showing the area of influence around the systems different colours to highlight the different powers in play there um, I think that's a, that's a nice visualisation of that I hope it doesn't get too crowded though I mean uh, what do you guys think about that Ben? Well I'm assuming it's going to be a layer that we can turn off so maybe you mm. can say only show me people allied with this faction only allied with this faction uh, have you also seen the video of it as well which looks really pretty seeing it in, in motion yeah, absolutely. They uh, put out uh, a tweet with the Vine, didn't they? Uh, yeah, there's a Vine it. URL. Mm, yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, obviously, this this view is going to be quite static uh, from day by day. It's going to change, you know, over a long period of time. But it's nice when you can rotate around. You can get an idea of the the clusters of systems and you know who's on at the top and the bottom in between. It's uh, it's quite an interesting visualization, I think. It is, yeah. And see if we can actually maybe make Lave and the Alliance somehow join up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I have noticed that, uh, you know, because I've, I've come up to the Lave system today, I did notice on the way up there is a uh, a nice little empire system. I think it's the Kodoran system. Uh, just, it's only 31 light years away. So, you know, well, uh, there's. You are aware of what faction that belongs to? Uh, not yet, no. Who's that? Emperor's Grace. Ah, I see. <laughs> you also know it features in Lave Revolution. Right. 
I, 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 I names I names pass me by. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's the uh, uh, it's one of the one of the systems that features in Labour Revolution. I think I might have done some stuff on the um, uh, on the state on the you know the system description. I can't remember. I'll go have a look. Mm. Well, that's <laughs> interesting to know. I didn't know that one. But it's, uh, I'm just looking at that and I'm thinking it's nice when, you, when you've got it in the current view and you've got the uh, different factions, you can colour code the systems by when you've got this this new like meta blob view sort of, uh, it's really going to allow you to see where these little islands of, uh, of power are. So I think that's going to be really interesting to play around with that a little bit more. Again, that's only just scratching the surface of what we're going to see, but it's really, really nice to uh, see some visualisation coming out of that. I, mean, I just want more. I want more. Um so, moving on, the next topic on there, which is uh, really, really important to, uh, well, I think a few of you guys have uh, got the Macs, haven't you? So, the uh, Elite Dangerous is coming to the Mac on the 12th of May, which is today! It's finally out! It came out about lunchtime, I believe. Yay! Yes, I was uh, keeping my eye on the tweets. I was going to message you straight away, Ben, as soon as I saw it, because I know you were asking for it. Oh, uh, my... Oh, that's a, someone in Type 9 trying to crash into me. My <laughs> brother-in-law's... Yes, yeah, sorry, Alan. Sorry, I was going to say while you were while you were doing emergency manoeuvres, just to, to cut back to Codoran. Yeah, I wrote the description. Ah, cool. <laughs> I'm going to have to go and read into that now. No, my brother-in-law's been easily has been sort of eagerly awaiting the release of the Mac thing because he's been he's been making use of my account whilst I've been poorly because he's got a Mac who can actually use and play Elite, which I couldn't do. Well, I was kind of gutted. So we were doing some testing on that, which was all fine and dandy, and mm. everything was great there. But I kind of got him into the game a little bit as well. So <laughs> I have I, I have actually been in game a little bit um, this evening just to bump into my brother. And so shout out to Commander Yorky Lad if he's out there, because I promised I'd do that for him. And I'm going to give him a hand getting up to speed and things like that. Excellent, excellent. Well, it's great to see that the the cross-platform beta has finally finished. There was uh, no issues with it. Everyone's happily in the same universe now. And uh, well, I mean, Ben, I mean, uh, have you had any issues with it hardware-wise? Has it been running quite well on the Mac? It's running very well, from what I can tell. Um, he noticed one issue apparently today, hmm. which I've told him to report that commanders for him on the Mac client are not com- coming up as hollow squares or triangles. They're solid, just like NPCs. Oh, really? Mm. So I've told him to report that, because that doesn't sound right. Mm. Uh, I'd prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know some people would prefer that. I'll, I'll, I'll go try it on the Mac, because it's one of, one of the, you know, to my shame, I did say weeks and weeks and weeks ago, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try on the Mac, because I really enjoyed the Mac and the Alpha, because it enabled me to actually play downstairs and, you know, and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, you know... You know the excuse. <laughs> I'm no time. A little bit busy. In my life. So yeah, no, I'll I'll give it a go now that um, now that I might get a little bit more time on it. I'll give it a go. I appear to be really close to the space station. Might have to do something about that. Give me a minute. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Well, no, like I said dozens of times before, I'm really, really pleased to see it get onto the Mac platform. It's, it's great to see it on as many platforms as possible, really. Um, and we should probably just cover the the specs that were recommended by Frontier. So the uh, the minimum specification for the Mac for anyone playing it is uh, running with a, an NVIDIA GT650M uh, graphics card with one gig of graphics RAM. The recommended machine will be running with two gigs of video RAM on uh, similar or higher hardware 
hardware on there. So obviously it, it is quite a GPU-intensive game, so you're going to need a reasonably good GPU on your Mac to run it. But that's that's understandable, I think. So we'll go ahead and play a quick advert, and we'll come straight back to you guys with the next item on the newsletter. Are you struggling with paying fines? Do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station? If the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damaged course whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. Got so desperate that I'd almost resigned myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath's services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Prickney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! It was you! Carolyn McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. Warning. Balances may go up as well as down. Missed payments may lead to repossession of your ship, seizure of cargo or the issuing of a death warrant. And we're back, folks. So, yeah, carrying on from the uh, newsletter 74 there, uh, the other thing which was an important announcement is... E- oh, dangerous is going to be at E3 again! Woohoo! I'm just a little bit excited about it. So, yeah, some, most people will know that I, I was there last year, so I'm really excited to see the guys are going back. Really keen to know what they're going to be announcing. Um, have you guys got any ideas what, what they might be announcing at E3? Do know. Well, if, I was, uh, if I was feeling hopeful, I'd say that they've got some really early footage of walking around the inside of ships and stations, but that's, uh, I think that's just me being a bit hopeful, to be honest. I, Do you I sell think... paint jobs? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit underwhelming for E3, though, isn't it? Unless it's, a, unless, unless it's a special one for E3, it's a paint job of a woman in a bikini washing a car. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I don't think that's going to happen. How about... How about... Go on. I was going to say extra special pictures of David Braben with with more mugs. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be interesting to know what what sort of reveal they do have for E3, because Mm. they... you know they they've been quite vocal recently in terms of keeping us up to date with everything they're working on and everything that's going to be coming out so it's a little bit hard to know if they I mean you know not that E3 is necessarily all about reveals and surprises um it might just be for for frontiers point of view just kind of more um profile raising stuff because there's still an awful lot of people out there that still don't seem to have heard of the game yeah absolutely that's the um the thing is, not it? It's publicity. It's getting out there. It's getting people talking about it and everything like that. Um, ben, do you have anything to add, me? Well, if we're talking about reveals, how about letting people see Xbox One playing? That would be fun, wouldn't it? That could... I mean, it seems like a reasonable time to show it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Mac this has launched on Mac. Getting it on more platforms is an important thing. They've obviously, you know, rushed it out onto the Mac, and well, I say rushed it out. So that's the wrong words. They've yeah. managed to get it out in record time, which I'm really quite <laughs> impressed with. Actually, and from a technical standpoint, they've done a really, really good job to port the entire engine over to the Mac platform in such in such a short period of time. So uh, we all know that their engine can work on Xbox One. It'd be really, really nice to see it there. That'd be great. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Any other ideas? Any other hints? I, of course, we'd all want to see Planetary landing wouldn't we PlayStation maybe <laughs> PS yeah yeah that would be good yeah yeah that would be uh, really interesting to see it running on other platforms obviously it's a timed exclusive on the Xbox one mm-hmm. so uh, I think possibly you know something realistic that you know that we know about that, that has been going on is obviously there's a little bit of chat about the um, the, the sort of the little hidden things in the game with talking about artifacts and listening to things and stuff like that and you know things being little seeds being sort of dropped in as in unknown objects and stuff what about you know if you've set up one system with a permit and what you do is you go to the event and you let people at the event get the permit and then you can show them new <laughs> things in that system that's a, an E3 system, yeah, that would be interesting. Well, yeah, not necessarily an E3 system, but you know, a, a something there that essentially allows people to to see something new, you know, to get an idea of something new. Maybe a, a different type of space station, maybe a different type of, of ship, or maybe a you know something like that. You know, something not not too not too massive that sort of makes you go, oh yeah, yeah, we've got to go to blah blah blah. So yeah. I don't know. I think I think the signal to noise ratio is quite high at an event like E3, and I think if if they wanted to make a kind of splash with it, it needs to be something reasonably big. I don't know. I mean, maybe Thargoid reveal now that uh, now that all the stuff about the artifacts has kind of been. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of two and two being put together that comes up with five on that. <laughs> a lot, and I've read a lot of that stuff, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot that people are going, "Oh, it's this, it's this." Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> says the man in the know. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't like to make any predictions of what they're going to show at E3, but yeah, I, I hope they have something uh, really cool to show. Um, it's going to make a really big splash. It's definitely one of those those key events they have to uh, get out there and, and be seen in the year. So it's going to be really, really cool. I'm glad to see that. And uh, they were at a couple more events, but unfortunately, by the time you're listening to us, they've already gone on the 9th and 10th of May. So uh, unfortunately, you've missed the uh, coverage on those ones. Uh Next bullet point on the newsletter we should cover. There are now in the Elite Dangerous store the specific faction mugs, which is really cool. So you can get uh, the Empire, the uh, Federation and Alliance mugs. And we have uh, a very dashing picture there of our, our favourite person, David Brayman there. Of course, sporting the Imperial mug. And I noticed the uh, pin badges for uh, the <laughs> Empire as well and uh, Elite, which is pretty cool there. What do you guys think of the new mug, uh, Alan? I was going to say that you're you're kind of if you think that that picture is quite sporty, then you have quite a sheltered life. Because um, <laughs> I'm I'm fairly sure that David doesn't look very sporty in that picture. Um, he does have a cheeky grin. Okay, <laughs> uh, I I think it's a little bit more sort of business portfolio standard. You know, would that not be or? or I was going to say it's like the best clip art ever. Yeah, office, <laughs> office monthly. I, I, I can kind of see, and I, I hate to say it because you know, I, I think it is really good ammunition for Dockers. 
to be honest. That picture, <laughs> I, really I, good. Anime. I must admit, I, I've already seen uh, someone Photoshop the the Star Wars Emperor's cowl over David. So, yeah, I, I, I was just thinking, change the mug. Um, I was thinking that you know, what, whatever he's staring at on that laptop, I'm sure is. You know, <laughs> highly inappropriate. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's safe for work, but you know, it might be just the camera angle. But uh, he's not going to fire himself, so of course it's safe for work. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I can't see that. I, I think Sporty's probably there. Still, it would have been interesting if he'd worn the old T-shirt. That would have been good, wouldn't it? We could have seen that that picture exactly oh, with the old T-shirt. The giant the, T-shirt. Yeah, I'm with sh- the massive griffin on it. That would have been interesting. <laughs> I'm sure that can be shopped in easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, like I said, it's nice to see more merch coming in the stores. So it's great to see them uh, getting some different things out on there. Um, since I, I don't have a dress down day at my work anymore, my massive collection of t-shirts is going unused, so I'll just have to get mugs instead, I think. That makes perfect sense. I'll just uh, duck any time everyone mentions them, I suppose. <laughs> So, uh, next uh, highlight on the newsletter, uh, Mac the Hunter's Super Cruise Entry and Docking Etiquette. There's a nice little uh, uh, tutorial and guide there about how to correctly approach the the station and how to drop out of Super Cruise. Um, that's a really, really nice little piece there. Um, I didn't realise there were some things in there which were quite interesting. They're approaching the station from the with the planet behind you you should always appear with the station door in front of you so that, that was interesting i didn't know that did any of you guys know that uh i'm not sure it's consistent with the old elite isn't it i'm sure well yeah definitely it was always on the planet side yeah yeah I mean, yeah it was it was that was the way in which it was supposed to be set in the old elite um because you you know you basically you worked out your uh, sort of tone why has someone deployed their landing gear right over my head <laughs> what is, oh, what is this? Is, it, is, is that the elite version of teabagging? You get on Some, top of someone's cockpit and just drop your landing gear. It, someone did. I just, I just then got my thrusters and moved away. But anyway, no, I'm um, uh, just literally my land, his landing gear right in front of my window. It's like, like anyway, I, to pull it back on topic, <laughs> sitting at the front of Lave Station, looking out of the dock, I can indeed see the planet Lave sitting nicely in a partial eclipse. Mm. So, of course, it's I mean, certainly certainly true at the moment. Yeah, I mean that that was always true in the original games, but that was um, as David alluded to, it was a performance thing that you're not drawing the extra polygon facing the planet. So that was what, how it was in the original game. I'm not sure if it's consistent in in Elite Dangerous. Though. I mean, I've not tested it. It's, uh, I'll have to give that a go. There was some logic. There was a discussion at one point about whether it was logical to have the door kind of facing outwards for interplanetary traffic Mm. or whether the door faces the planet Mm -hmm. so that shuttles coming up from the planet's surface have a kind of quick and easy dock yeah that was my my design suggestion was that they actually had two docking bays so you had um uh international traffic and or interstellar traffic and you had local traffic uh, and that way they could simulate more trade with the with the planet Um, yeah it makes sense it wasn't uh, it wasn't then implemented so you know Yabu sucks um, <laughs> but the, I, I think I think I mean you know when we're if we're talking a little bit about planetary landings and about you know obviously things that we're, we're wanting to see it, to be fair the the level of trade we have with the planet at the moment there is nothing that simulates that trade at the moment so it might be that that is something that I mean I don't think they're going to change the design of the space stations but it certainly will change 
traffic levels if um, if space stations have end up with uh, with places you can land, won't it? It should do anyway. Yeah, yeah, it makes absolute sense. I mean, I, I, like I said, reading through this, there was a couple of little things that I didn't even know <laughs> looking through what was in there. And also the other thing, the uh, docking etiquette, which was quite nice in there as well, you know, always enter on the green side, you know. <laughs> it's just one of these these little things. It was, it was never implemented that way. It's just everyone's kind of assumed that that's the way it should be done and they've started doing it. But like many of the other things, Frontier just kind of rolled with it and go, okay, that's what you guys think. That's, uh, that's the way we're making it work then. So it was really, really nice to see that uh, uh, getting into there. Um, um, another point on the newsletter, which was really, really nice to see uh, in the newsletter, the uh, memorial flight for Chris Billington, which uh, I was part of. The, uh, ben, I think you were part of this as well, weren't you? You were there? No, I was no. not, because I was up north oh, of course um, you were. looking after my kids, who I have to give a shout-out to, because they've just heard me shouting out to their uncle. So, hi, Alfie and Farley! <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Yeah, no, it was it was a really nice uh, tribute in game. A bunch of commanders, we all got together. Um, it was uh, arranged. I think Foz arranged some of it. We had uh, Colin was there as well. A whole bunch of us in a nice uh, V-shaped formation, and then we had a uh, a missing man uh, formation. One of the guys dropped out of the uh, uh, the V-shape to uh, show where the loss was. And you know, it was, and we got some nice pictures. It was it was really really nice, touching moment in the game. It was nice for everyone to get together in in a meaningful way and uh, and you know share in the in the loss of a, a commander in the game so very very nice touching moment there i think in the game um Next topic on the newsletter, which we should, uh, we should cover, the Control-Alt-Space competition ended on the 7th. The voting is going to go up on the 14th of May. I'm really, really intrigued to see some of the uh, entries in here. I've had a few sneaky peeks at some, uh, some really, really imaginative things out there. Some, you know, because that was the, the purpose of the competition, really, was to do something uh, different. So uh, it's nice to see. Alan, have you got any thoughts on this, mate? Yeah, no, I mean, just to, just to make a point in that... Um Related to my Kickstarter, there was an intention to do a Elite Labor Revolution film. That's actually, we've had some some movement on getting that sorted out, which is great. So, um, unfortunately, not quickly enough <laughs> for the deadline. So it's still going to be still going to be four or five weeks, possibly at the the earliest that we're going to be ready with that. But it'd be great to see what people have done. I've certainly I've seen a few things uh, that people have done, and it's always good to see when you're trying to to sort of um to to do more with the fiction environment you know to try and try and make the the immersion the the, the sort of fiction of the the whole community inside the game um that much more tangible and we've seen a lot of projects like that and certainly the film competition is a nice idea by frontier to try and encourage that yeah absolutely it, it is really really good i mean i when I saw that, I really wanted to do uh, the Frontier Elite 2 intro. Um, but obviously, it's we're going to need, first of all, an Imperial Courier, which we're not going to get until Paraplay. Um, I'm going to need to get my rank up if I'm going to fly one as well. So I couldn't really do that for this video. But the, the, the project is still ongoing. Uh, lots of commanders have offered to help there. Uh, so that's unfortunately not going to make it either. But I'm really, really intrigued to see what uh, some of the uh, answers, uh, some of the video entries are going to be on this. Ben, anything to add, mate? Didn't I hear that the Imperial Courier was actually going to have a lower Imperial ranking than the current Imperial ship? Yeah, I think it's going to be one below Baron, if I recall. So that doesn't take too long to get, buddy. 
I, I'm quite close to it. <laughs> You'll manage. You'll be fine. I think I could do it. I mean, during the uh, the community goal down in Crevier, I went up two ranks there in a combat rank as well. So um, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> be nice. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. Ah, definitely. So, uh, the last thing we should mention on the newsletter, which was a nice shout-out there, for the uh, the Abraca Drabble competition. Unfortunately, Grant's not on with us tonight, is he? But uh, the 100th episode of Abraca Drabble, I believe, is this Friday. Is that, Can anyone confirm that? Is this, That is correct, isn't it? I can confirm that, can. and I believe that Grant is looking for various people who are going to say hi to him and things like that. Though I don't want to give... I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> well, I think I kind of let slip that uh, I might be helping him out that night. Uh, it's going to run over the usual crash landing slot, but it's, I don't mind. It's going to be great fun. We're going to get together. We're going to share and host everything. So. It's, it's all the same thing. Any- well, it's not the same show, obviously, but... <laughs> it's all going to merge into one big party. It's going to be great fun. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, no, well, It'd be good. It's um, obviously he's kept that kept that running, and and other people have kept that running, you know, through the forums and everything else. It's one of those sort of staples that we've had right from the beginning of sort of building the development and, and everything else. And then to see Grant translate it into the show and to read them and everything, you know, I think it's I think it's great. And um, uh, you know, obviously they'll they'll work out what they're gonna gonna put forward. Um, I you know. I, I, I occasionally listen to, to Abracadrabble, which um, is, is probably a bit of a Friday night guilty pleasure, to be honest, um, which is quite surprised. I didn't think I was going to listen to it. And then I caught a couple of them and I really enjoyed it. And I, I generally do quite like it when, uh, you know, when Grant's sort of humorously delivering these uh, little tiny uh, <laughs> vignettes of story. I think they're, they, I think they're great fun. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy it. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice thing to try and catch up every every Friday if I can. But uh, obviously, I I usually miss it because I'm trying to get ready for my own show. But it'd be nice to get a bit more involved this week, and I can hear some of the uh, some of the uh, stories beforehand as well. I usually catch up on YouTube if I can anyway. But uh, yeah, it, it is good fun. It is good fun. Unfortunately, I'm about as creative as a piece of wet lettuce, so I can't really like. What's know, what's contribute. the topic? What's the topic for this week? Um, it, it, no, it was Collaborate Jabber was last week, wasn't it? I'm not okay, sure of the yeah. topic this week. There was a bit of a crossover. Ben, do you know the topic for the uh, 100th show? I'm afraid I don't know. Sorry. Okay. Where is, where well, is if if we can find it out by the end of the show, then what we'll do is we'll we'll mention it. Absolutely. More listeners to contribute, the better. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Brilliant. So we'll uh, crack on with the, another quick little advert, and then we will get straight back to the main discussion for tonight. Are you thinking of suing over missile Python protection insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. I tried to take my ship commander to court for making fertilizer out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing, and now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watton Prittany, we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. I wanted a simple, no-win, no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Brittany, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Brittany, we have a saying. If you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't. Because we have a massive team of lawyers and you're just someone who works for a living. What and Prittany? Don't even think about it. 
Brilliant stuff. So, on to tonight's main discussion, and uh, this is a, a pretty big one. The dev update, I think, is the most important thing we can talk about this week. It's all about cheating in the game. Yeah, there's, this has been a hot topic for a long period of time now, and a lot of people have been complaining, oh, Frontier aren't doing anything about it. You know, why, why aren't they doing anything? Well, they have been doing things about it. Um, they've been rather quiet on the subject, because, of course, if they do tell us anything, it's going to be giving the game away. So it's nice that they are being a bit more transparent now and they've started talking about cheating and what they're doing to crack down on it and to prove it. Um, ben, have you uh, given any thought to the topics on that uh, today? Well, I think it's fairly standard for game companies really to not shout about all the methods that they use for detecting cheats and what even the penalties they give to them. So I don't actually, I've never understood why people have been upset that Frontier aren't doing this, this, this and this. Um, but people have been upset about it, but I've never understood the reason for that angst. Yeah, I think, like I said, it, it's a hot topic. There's there's a lot of thought that Frontier aren't doing anything about it, but they, they obviously have been doing about it. They've been collecting information. Uh, they admitted in this dev update that they've been uh, using their tools to, to gather this information about who's doing what in the game, where the patterns are ar- arriving, where people are, are logging off in what instances and things like that. One of the, the most, I think, un- vocal uh, thing which is getting complained about I think is, is the idea of people logging off in the middle of a combat to to avoid a battle and avoid, avoid losing and this is something that Frontier have been hot on the heels over day one it's a it's a really really difficult problem to solve that you can't write a piece of software to stop someone yanking a network cable at the back of their machine but they have been attempting to find ways of statistically monitoring those people that's one of the things that they've uh, they've alluded to is the tools that they use to do on that and I think it's the only realistic thing they can do but what people need to understand i think is it's not just a as soon as you see one person log off the one time that's it ban them instantly they have to give people the benefit of the doubt they have to make sure it's not a false positive make sure you know you haven't just tripped over your network cable and (laughs) and broken your your connection during a combat so they have to be fair with it they have to analyze it find the patterns find who's doing it consistently and ban those people accordingly that's what they've been trying to do um it does appear to a lot of people that they're just taking their time with it it's not happening quick enough to a lot of people you know they expect people to be uh, hit once and then banned but it's not going to work like that so the important thing is i think uh, the one of the things they mentioned in the dev update is everybody can help by reporting any instance that people believe to be cheating uh, that is the most important thing is to gather information from that is what we can do um do you guys have any concerns about relying on the the players themselves to gather that information? Do you think there could be any issues with that at all? No, I think you need. I think you do need a number of instances of um, this going on before you can really before you can really ban someone. I mean, it's a bit like it's a bit like the point I was making about the piracy. You know, if you have a system whereby someone says, well, this guy disconnected in the middle of a hmm. dogfight, and then the, if the same names are coming up over and over, and of course people are only going to report it if that person's network drops in the middle of a dogfight. I mean, your network could drop any time you're playing the game, but if somehow, coincidentally, your network keeps dropping while you're losing a dogfight with somebody else, then I think they're going to you know, put two and two together. But I think that it's quite nice that they have these these subtle ways of sort of lightly banning people by just 
pushing them into an instance where they don't actually meet anybody. Um, yeah. It reminds me of the old Second Life. I think, well, I think it was Second Life used to have a thing um, <laughs> whereby if someone was... If someone broke the community rules, mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. avatar would be removed to a world which was just a giant cornfield. <laughs> like a just sin went bin. On for, yeah, it just mm. went on for infinity. <laughs> uh, and they were stuck in there for about a week or something. But I think, you know, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think the, the problem computer, will be... The computer game's version of purgatory. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I think the, prob- the problem you're going to run into is where people want to report someone for a type of cheating which isn't cheating yeah yeah that um, was that was my concern the false yeah. positives from the community well I was thinking of things like you know referring to PVP as as cheating <laughs> it's like well you know they shot me it's like yeah it's not really cheating yeah yeah it's, uh, and I think that's the important part that I said is Frontier are trying to make sure that they haven't they're not coming up with uh, uh, and banning people which don't deserve it you know they're just playing the game they have to be really careful that they're not identifying people which are che- uh, not cheating you know so uh, do we sorry Ben do we know what um, happens when you submit a re- uh, cheat report i.e. does it for example give Frontier a screenshot or even better some kind of video data or is it just a, here's a timestamp yeah. if they could supply video showing the last couple of minutes of action that would be proof in every report mm-hmm. well I think that's an important thing the current in-game reporting tool is just text and a timestamp so it allows them to pin down and identify a person at that point in time obviously they've got the server logs of all interactions that are occurring in the game so they can track that right down to who was where and who was doing what at a particular time but yeah I mean anything like video evidence uh, imagery anything like that you think could help I think it's important to gather that anyway make the report and then potentially just hold on to that and uh, you can't report it in game but uh, at least try and give it to Frontier another way maybe through a support ticket or something like that Um, currently the in-game tool doesn't support it which is a shame it would be a really really nice addition I think it would help add some weight to that so you can see there's some real evidence it would certainly make a lot of sense to include the very least URLs to images and videos if not the actual uploading of the mp3s and pngs or whatever yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's one of those really tricky things because obviously the report report uh, option, I believe, is uh, from the, from the menu, so you can go in and you can do it there. But uh, it's kind of tricky. I mean, how do you how do you click on that menu, punch in a report, uh, and then go back to the game without any issues? I think that's it's it's tricky, isn't it? How do you capture that in game footage or or image or something of someone? It's uh, it's not easy, but yeah, I'm hopefully those reporting tools will will improve. I think the biggest problem at the moment is one of the reasons why Frontier wanted to bring it up in the dev update is not a lot of people are using the report functionality in the game or at least you know everyone who's not everyone who's complaining about any kind of cheating they're seeing in the game is using that functionality which is there so it was kind of an opportunity for them to highlight hey guys if you are seeing this behavior please use the feature which is already there go ahead and make that report well I think an obvious Sorry, sorry, Ben. Um, we used to we used to call this when um, when forums had and you'll you'll appreciate this, John. When forums had uh, had moderators, we used to talk about the dinner lady defence, mm-hmm. and the dinner lady defence was basically to go on the forums and complain about what other people were doing, yeah. rather than using whatever tool was there to report what they were doing, or <laughs> you know, or anything else. I mean, the only issue I would say here is um, the issue of. 
where you were talking about if we were worried about players doing this and so mm. on and so forth. The issue is one of of trust across yeah. a, a, a variety of formats in that one there is the trust of players now to be honest there are that many players it kind of becomes self-policing and also Mm -hmm. if you see one individual start to or or a group of individuals start to witch hunt one particular commander they've got the service dogs to check so there is a, a check and balance but at the same time it is also an issue of trust where you're saying about people being concerned that nothing was being done it's an issue of trust between them and Frontier in that if they don't see justice served, then they don't report. Now, that's a really, really tricky conundrum. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, by, by raising that, I'm not suggesting that, you know, you need to, to do the sort of school teacher thing that you do with a new class at the first. I, I was advised this in my tre- teacher training many years ago. And I thought, it's so unfair. Particularly, it was it was eleven year olds, mm. and the the the, you know, the older teacher who I was I was you know sort of following and shadowing. She said, right, the first three weeks I'm going to be absolutely harsh to them, utterly utterly harsh to them, and then I'll relax to being normal, and then they won't misbehave. Yeah. And I I just thinking, these poor kids for three weeks they've got to go through hell, and then then you know everything's then fair. Um, so the the problem, I guess, what I'm I'm trying to to sort of say is that I'm not advocating Frontier do that, but they've got to. There has to be uh, there has to be a trust of the tools being effective in their use, and that doesn't necessarily mean have a witch hunt, have a hanging, or anything else. But there has to be some level of trust in that. Now on motorways, you know those signs that you see when it says. Uh, 3,000 drivers prosecuted or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how many people we've caught for speeding or um, this that, and the other, you know it, sometimes sometimes that's the, because it's a game mm. and people don't necessarily see cheating as being there's no victim, or at least as they see it, it's a victimless you know, um, it's not a crime you know, but you know, you, you know what I'm saying you know, it's a victimless yeah, yeah. perpetration um, it becomes very difficult and um, so, so getting that trust establishing that trust in the tools um, is going to be tricky they yeah, they have some of it already but you know, that, that's a tricky tricky thing to manage it comes back to this problem though of that, that I sort of felt from the beginning that when, whenever you've got a multiplayer environment it's very diff- different, difficult if people are going on for kind of different games because if your game is going on and playing Elite really seriously and someone else's game is coming on and just arsing around in ships and kind of trolling people then you've got a problem that you're both online together um, and, and it's a bit it's almost to say you know because it is just a game in, in many respects who's to say that I mean this thing with the um, making it so that ramming other ships is a you know, is a, is, a, is a crime. Who's to say that the game isn't logging in and flying into each other until someone explodes? Do you know what I mean? It's difficult. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a tricky, tricky thing. But uh, mm, you must use those tools, though, folks. So, uh, Ben, do you uh, do you want to take? Oops, sorry, I lost do you want the to take what? Sorry, <laughs> I lost the microphone then for a second. Do you want to just take your microphone? Yes, yes, you've taken it away from me. Uh, do you want to just explain to the folks out there exactly how they would use that functionality in the game? 
Well, I think this is relatively new in the chat windows. You can just go to the list of people and you can actually select somebody who is not your friend. And in there where you've got your text or invite to wing, there is also a block and report player functionality in there. So you don't actually have to go out of the game to report somebody anymore. Yeah, which that's... might mean it gets used a little bit more frequently now, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, that's the thing. Like uh, we were saying, is people are just not noticing the functionality there, which is a shame. I think this was brought in in the one point two wings update, wasn't it? So I uh... guess it will have been because I can't report you, but I can report people who aren't on my friends list, <laughs> which is very unfair because I know you're a very naughty boy, correct? <laughs> I, I have secrets, I have secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know yet. No, I can't say that. <laughs> Will you tell me them if you write them down? Uh, okay, if then. If I write yeah. you a letter. I'll pass you a piece of paper, yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry to cut in on this flirting. Uh, <laughs> um, touche there, Ben, for earlier. Um, just, to, just to let people know, I've just, um, just done a quick trip to Warrenus, and um, it appears that there's a war zone in the life system. Ah, I did see this, yes. Now, uh, we, appear to have, we, we appear to have an awful lot of commanders outside Lave Station. What do you think? Oh, come on, if you folks are listening out there, we, we're going to have to head over there, don't you? <laughs> to battle, absolutely. I, I'm not suggesting, you know, we'll carry on broadcasting, and we'll obviously we'll, 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 we'll keep the show going and, and talk about everything we've got on the list. But we've got a, a, a bolt ton of commanders outside Lave Station. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that we kind of need to get down to the checkpoint. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we're going to do that, I'm going to change out of my Sidewinder and pick up my, my, vulture, my vulture, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, sat, I'm sat in my Eagle, so I'm target fodder, which is, you know, my usual, uh, my usual thing in my Eagle, which is, is fine. Um, now, I'm... I've just picked up the mission. I think it's from the Lave Fortune organization. Um, so I'm assuming... I don't know who the who the enemy in that, that situation is. So, you know, if anybody does know and wants to, to let the folks know outside the station, then that would be very useful and we can work out who we're, we're heading off. Could it be that the code of done something to, to try and destabilize the system? I don't know. Commander Babster in IRC is asking, where are we going and what are we doing? Uh, checkpoint, I think. Uh, I would assume that Checkpoint, because that's what I've got on my list. Um, that would suggest it's the only place that, that's likely to be a war zone, wouldn't it? Yeah. Makes sense to me. So, should we go have a look at Checkpoint? Um, it appears to be fairly near to Lave Station. Um, I'm at Warrenus at the moment, so they're, they're about the same distance apart, so it shouldn't be that far away from Lave Station at all. Uh, if someone wings up with you, you can uh, teleport over there, can't you? <laughs> well, I'll just I'll just fly back. So you know, I'll let you guys let you guys do uh, uh, what you're going to do. I'm I'm like I said, I'm the, the piddly guy in the in the eagle. So you know. So hang on. So who's the war between, and who would we need to side with? Well, the Lay Fortune organization have just given me a mission to uh, to take down seven ships out there. Um, uh, I'm just. We have it looks like it's between Social T and Isla Labour and the Defence Party of Lave. There you That's go. You, you, you know who you're siding with. Let's go so get Dave Hughes's boys. And <laughs> T on. and Isla is expanding yeah. into Lave, are they? Yeah. Let's 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 go. Let's go get on to Dave uh, Dave Hughes's boys. They want an elite encounter. Let's give them an elite encounter. <laughs> <laughs> probably the elite encounters is the name of Dave Hughes' RPG. <laughs> Lovely <Yeah>. plug. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, dear. Okay, I'm launching. 
Well, you heard it here first, folks. War has just broken out. <laughs> it's a good, it's good job I've just arrived in Lave, then, isn't it? <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm going to stay around the docking port and carry on broadcasting. I don't think I can juggle everything <laughs> at the same time. I think that would be just asking for trouble, I think. If but- I shout for Lave every now and again, uh, don't mind me. We know exactly why it is. <laughs> <laughs> Taking things back on topic again. Yes, absolutely. What, what kind of visible penalties would you guys like to see for commanders who are maybe mm. proven to be cheats? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, Going, like what Alan was saying is is that visibility, making sure that people are aware that uh, things are being logged and reported. I mean, even something simple like having a little icon next to the character or something so you know when you click on them, uh, you know, their name's in a different colour or they have an icon next to them or something like that that would highlight them maybe. Uh, Alan, anything you can think of? We covered this years ago. <laughs> Orange Sidewinder. Orange Sidewinder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Asbo. We, yeah, we, we covered this ages ago. You go break rocks. You send them out to, send them out to the, you know, the mining area. And basically have them with a mining laser breaking rocks up and don't let them take the bits. You know, somebody else scoops in, takes everything away and they just pick up the rocks. <laughs> that would be Break hilarious them. if we could do that. Well, of chain course. gangs. <laughs> chain gangs of orange sidewinders. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of the things that was pointed out was Frontier could uh, highlight and identify the things that uh, anyone who's exploited or cheated anything has gained by doing that action. So they could have all of those things removed. So, yeah, why not chuck them in an orange sidewinder for a week? You know, that's all you've got. There you go. You know. <laughs> I did see, see somebody mentioning, instead of CMDR, Edelweiss, it would be CHTR or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, point point and laugh, point and laugh at the yeah. cheater. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I mean, could it have any adverse effects doing that though? Would you end up uh, unnecessarily punishing someone? Would would the community react to that in such a negative way? You know, if you've got hi- highlighted once for cheating, is it too much to then point and laugh at that one individual who's done that because they got caught once with their pants down? It, it, it does it. Is it too much? Do you think? I don't think it's too much, but I would be worried about it maybe becoming a badge of honour. Yeah, yeah. It, it needs to be punitive. It's you know, and it needs to be. If you're going to do anything, it's got to be small. And and I guess to be honest, though, what Frontier are trying to do with how they've got isolated zones is effectively make it so that there isn't there isn't this kind of you know that the cheating isn't brought into the gameplay. If you see mm-hmm. what I mean, so it doesn't yeah. become. Because, like you're saying about a badge of honour, it does become something, doesn't it? Mm. Whereas, actually, if you if you isolate people, then cheating is it's kind of it's locked away, and therefore it doesn't impinge on the wider space. Yeah. Um, now, the the difference between that and griefing, or um, oh, somebody's interdicted me uh, between that griefing or or anything else, um, is that with that you have um, you have people are what way of putting it um, with with that you've got it's different types of players Chris was talking about mm, you know, so yeah. so actually there's something slightly different in terms of what uh, what's being done. Yeah. So, yeah, and like you said, the, the the badge of honor thing. I mean, that was proven in the uh, the bounties. Uh, everyone was finding that is that. Oh, let's see the biggest bounty I could get. You have lots of players that were exploiting that system, and that was one of the things that was covered in the pre.
previous newsletters, I think, where they uh, put the caps in for the bounties, a million, which we covered last last week, I think. Um, so, yeah, you, you've got to be really, really careful with how you how you approach that. If you make it public information and start pointing people out, it it can, you know, God forbid, it breaks someone's immersion and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's a tricky, tricky balance. Now, of course, uh, one of the things which is important is how they're dealing with these uh, penalties. Uh, and one of the interesting things which we touched on briefly was the idea of a shadow ban. And direct from Frontier, their words are, a shadow ban will allow a player to continue playing Elite Dangerous, but will put them onto a separate server that won't affect any honest players or the Galaxy simulation. And that's two key things there is first of all you're not going to be seeing these players in game at all if they're highlighted as cheating but also any of their actions in game are not going to change the galaxy simulation in any way so we know that when the community goals first hit there were some issues with that that uh, players were finding ways of exploiting uh, cash and contributing to them and pushing them way past their their uh, targets early on and then we saw the targets drop back down again a few days later because obviously frontier had identified these people have been cheating and remove them from the rankings. Hopefully now we can see that a bit more effectively in-game. Uh, ben, do you think that's an effective solution? Well, I think it is an effective solution, but I'm just wondering, is it enough of a solution, or do do we even care? Because let's say a hypothetical situation that I managed to give myself through nasty, nefarious means, an invulnerable ship, billions of credits... Um, and then I get kicked off to the Shadow Play server where I can run around in my invulnerable ship with my billions of credits. Is that enough of a penalty? Mm -hmm. Am I being allowed to play the game that I want to play without penalising others? Or should I actually just get kicked and said, no, you're a dirty, cheating swine, (laughs) stop playing? Mm. Well, I think you've got to take it from the standpoint of some people like to play games and cheat, not to spoil the experience for other people, but just to have fun. And when you go back to single player experiences way back in the day, I mean, all of us have done it. We've we've tried it in, in older games. You just throw in that cheat, you know, IDKFA and just run around blasting and, you know, you know, the old classics and things. It's it's. It's one of those things that some people enjoy that gameplay where they, they, they've had enough of playing the game and they just want to play it their way and they just want to mess around in that kind of thing. So I think this kind of soft banning in that way is one of those things which is probably a good first step, I believe. Yeah, I will freely admit that um, in the recent playing of Deus Ex, I did enable cheats and I think I went off and gave myself some money and... <laughs> Uh, up my skills so that instead of you know, oh you know with Deus Ex when you use your sniper rifle for the first time you were wobbling all over the blooming screen and you couldn't hit anything <laughs> and then when you actually put some skill points into it you actually you can aim and shoot things and hit them so I, I did go off and do the cheats for that because I, I, I like sniping and but when my gameplay is being artificially wobbled around I can't hit anything <laughs> I, I freely admit that I did that. Yeah, I mean, and how many of us have kind of shot at the moon on Mars or, uh, you know, got a passenger in our our, our our ship and tried to sell the ship and, uh, you know, what, what was the Sorry, other what one? what game's this? Uh, Frontier Elite 2, do you remember it? Oh. Okay, I, I, <laughs> or, I never or, actually played it, so I can't ah, say. So you don't know, you don't <laughs> know the... Uh, I don't know these things. So there was there, the other bug which was quite infamous was the jettison underneath the rubbish... 
so you buy one ton of rubbish and you can jettison the, uh, underneath it and it would send out one ton of nothingness into space and you could eventually have a cargo's hold which was infinitely bigger than the inside it was basically the TARDIS bug as it was affectionately known <laughs> well, you, you also had in Elite obviously there was there was a, a set of codes that enabled you to automatically go into which space when you jumped uh, took down the invulnerability of space stations so you could fire missiles at space stations and blow them up uh, all sorts of you know they, I mean it was quite late on that they they came out with these these little things that uh, that you could do but um, yeah I I mean there's a big difference though isn't there because of course um, online gaming is quite different because yeah. of the fact that you've got that interaction with other people you know you're you're being benchmarked yeah. so the whole situation changes and shadow banning or reducing people to individual instances where they can't see anyone you're effectively you're removing that that online element now of course you know it might be for some people who are desperate to play it with no one there mm-hmm. they don't really care yeah you know but then again they're not affecting anyone so and with the fact that the game doesn't have a central goal mm. as in you know um, achieve the mission end of this 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 and this it doesn't have a central goal like that actually you know they, people just become irrelevant because the only charts uh, and the only boards uh, tend to be through news and through through the other bits and pieces I mean that that might be something else that you want to do is you stifle people from from any kind of um, sort of recognition yeah you know so so they don't appear in any any wanted charts they don't appear in anything um, mm-hmm. So essentially, the game becomes just just a single player experience for them. Then, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I believe that's exactly how the shadow banning works, and it, it really does give them that that effectively their offline single player universe that a lot of people are clamouring after. So it's it's an interesting solution i think it's it's the right solution definitely for those people who just want to go off and have their own experience and are not really bothered by playing online so for me it's definitely the good the best first step the frontier could put in place for anyone who's just messing around with exploits and cheats and just wants to play a game and's not really interested in that online social interaction definitely makes sense i'm i'm on my way to the checkpoint just to update people uh, i got interdicted by a viper and um you know, in an eagle, a viper's occasionally a little tricky. Uh, he got away, but um, I'm okay. So okay, I'll, fine. I'll be honest. I didn't understand it. So at the checkpoint, there's a whole load of other players, i.e., people that are listening live right now, and there's a load of um, uh, alliance ships basically saying we need you for the war effort. But there isn't actually anything happening there, so oh, I don't think I understand how that zone works. No, I, I, that's really weird. I mean, I, I've, I've just picked, as I said, I've just picked up a mission that says, and I'll, I'll just read the mission text again. Troy Warzone. We have a mercenary contract for the destruction of Warzone combat ships. You are to seek out such vessels in conflict zones and eliminate them once the requisite number has been destroyed. So it's just a standard, but um, it's, it's, in, it's in Lave. You know, it is. Um, so there are war zones. According to that mission, there are war zones in Lave. Maybe so. it's not... Whoa, Lave Station just lit up like mad. It wasn't um, me. <laughs> <laughs> it Maybe might not be not. the conflict zone, then. There might be around another planet. Yeah, I've not found it myself yet, but I think there um, there may be a war zone around somewhere. Well, the only the only places in the system are either the Castellan Belt Clusters, which are way out, um, or uh, the Checkpoint. 
the checkpoint appears to be the only other place that's that's lit. That's so. the only things that you found. Remember, with war zones, you sometimes need to be right up next to them before yeah. you can actually see them. Oh, oh okay. I, I had no idea. So, if I'm um, misrepresenting this, I had no idea that that was the case. I, I assumed that you could just see them. No, so. you need to fly next to them and have a look. Okay, so we need to find a war zone then. We do. Okay. Listeners, we need to find a war zone. I'm really sorry. <laughs> and report back. Yeah. Yeah, this is what amuses me. We've been talking about this game and playing it for the best part of two years. We still don't know how to play it. I still have absolutely no idea. <laughs> well, some of us have been too busy editing audio dramas. Yeah, well, yeah, there is that. Wow. Which is a good thing. It's a yeah, very good thing. We're, we're waiting. explaining this. Yeah, we're waiting. we're waiting to hear your audio drama then, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I can't do an audio drama to save myself. Well, you, you, but, you, but you said some of us, you know, used the royal we, so we're waiting uh, to hear your audio drama. That'll be... <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I suppose episode six was out on Saturday. Ah, yeah, yeah, no, fair. Yeah. Fair. Absolutely uh, fair. No, good, good. Good comeback. That was great. <laughs> oh, well, getting back to Mark. the topic on it. Mac, Mac, Mac. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently, sorry, just keeping up with the chat. Apparently, it's a known issue that sometimes you get Warzone missions in a system with no Warzone. Yeah. Oh, right. Apparently, okay. it is a bug or feature. We, we got all excited there, and there was nothing, nothing oh. for us. Ah, oh, see. False, ticket, false information. Live on air. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. Terrible, terrible stuff. So yeah, so getting back to the uh, so the topic on the uh, the banning on there. So the next level of banning that they mentioned in the in the dev update there was the idea of permit banning, which is obviously a terrible, terrible thing to happen to you. It's going to completely lock you out of the game. Your account is effectively null and void. You won't be able to log on. You won't be able to do anything with the game. Um, obviously, that is used very, very sparingly by Frontier. One of the key things they mention on there is uh, don't buy accounts illegally, for example, from eBay or anything like that, uh, or any kind of, uh, of <laughs> outlet which is claiming to have a, a valid version of the game other than EliteDangerous.com or from Steam, as you know now. Um, so yeah, so ov- that's an obvious thing, I think. Don't go off and buy that. Don't buy anything which is claiming to give you in-game access and things or credits or anything. It's against the terms of the EULA. Um, you y- you're probably going to get scammed. I, I've seen lots of uh, information being passed back and forth about people getting uh, their accounts removed instantly. Uh, so it's it's not a good thing. So definitely don't do that. And of course, the other thing they've covered on there is is any kind of severe harassment or abuse going on inside the game could lead to a, a permaban if Frontier deem it. Um, anyone uh, kind of constantly targeting an individual in-game or something like that might actually raise that kind of thing. Um, I can't think of any other thing that would be so, so bad to require a permanent ban other than that, but it definitely seems like the last hurdle. And I, I think Frontier being fair with that, they're not going to instantly push you to, to permaban. Do you, think, do you think that's a fair assessment there, Ben? I think that seems perfectly fair. I mean, if you do something silly like buying your account... I've got real mixed feelings about that because I don't agree with buying accounts. I think it's wrong. Mm, yeah. But on the other hand, I know it happens and there is an aspect of me that thinks perma-banning somebody because they bought a account with several million credits mm-hmm. um, and also basically this other person's email address, presumably, because it's all locked into that. Yeah, yeah. You know, if they've gone off and spent, say, £30 on that... 
I kind of feel sorry for them, especially if they're maybe, you know, let, let's say my my wife goes off and buys my son a copy of Elite and she thinks, oh, I'll buy it going secondhand on eBay. Mm. That's not fair if somebody gets their account banned because of that, even though it is a very, very silly and naughty thing to go and do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a it's a tricky subject, isn't it? Really, because you're you're punishing the the victim of it, really, rather yeah. than the uh, the perpetrator of it originally. Um, and we've we've already seen things like this pop up on the forum. We've seen people that have come in uh, after creating their account an hour before and starting to ask, uh, "Oh, what do I do with an anaconda?" And it's like, really, um, <laughs> you know, it's like you know, doesn't know how to fly or anything, hasn't learned any of the game, and it spoils the game experience. So there's that side of it as well, which is not a good thing but yeah it, it, it is a difficult it is a difficult thing you don't really want to slap anyone too hard for doing anything like that but it seems like one of those obvious things that hey you know this is completely against the terms of the agreement of the game so we, we have to be quite firm with this I think that's the stance they're trying to take with that seems absolutely fair so uh, I don't think anyone's got anything else to add to that Alan anything you want to say about that before we move on no Fine, all good. <laughs> he's being he's <laughs> being interdicted again, or in the middle of combat. I expect. Yeah, right? yeah, just, just just some guy in a trading vessel. Sorry, it was. Uh, I can, you know, I, I I'm fairly sure that um, you've covered it really well. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you don't get to play for so long, and then you guys, you just can't stop playing. The instant you've got five minutes to play, you can't stop playing. <laughs> well, I've got a reason to play. This is this is, you know, this is the thing I always struggle with. Is that mm. um, I struggle with any games in the uh, I'm, I'm I'm good with playing something that I can come out the end of it going ah oh, yeah yeah here we go this is what I've I've done about it so so actually at the moment playing Chaos Reborn is is great because mm. it's novel research which is fine and when I was playing Elite you know during the um, uh, during the design phases and the, the testing phases it was fantastic because I was able to go right okay I know exactly how to write this scene I know exactly how to tweak this. Um, and then now being in a situation where there really isn't a project for me to, to sort of attach to it, 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 you know, other things have got projects attached to them, so it becomes hard for me to, to think about the time. And that's, that's not, you know, it's not criticising anybody or anybody, you know, anything in terms of um, the way in which other people play. It's just, that's, that's, that's the quirk I have, I'm afraid. So basically you only want to play a game that you can work at? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, no, it's, it's not necessarily... I mean, I used to be I used to be really, really... Um, I, I can get seduced by particular um, things. And, and certainly, you know, playing Elite uh, a couple of months back, I was, I was seduced by the idea, you know, the, 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 the trading in terms of the way in which it was working to sort of, oh, just this far to get this, just this far to get this. And unfortunately, once I'd got a really, really sort of maxed out Cobra, I kind of went, yeah, okay, maybe an Asp. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. and, and now I enjoy the Eagle. So, you know, I like flying the Eagle. So, I, mean, I think that's one of the benefits, though, of Elite, of, you know, you basically you decide what you want to do, and then it's what now. And if what now is I, I need an Anaconda, then so be it. But once you've got your Anaconda, what do you do then? And I think that's one of the things that the guys have done a really good job with making it not a subscription so that I can go and walk away for, say, a couple of months mm. and come back when power plays in, play it for another few months, yeah. go off, play another game, come back. And it's just it's always there in the background bubbling away if you really if there's nothing that you actually want to go and do and enjoy doing. 
I mean, there are there are a few things that you know the the exploration stuff, a few of the other bits and pieces are you know certainly very appealing. The only issue really in my life is is time always. And during the summer, as a, a university lecturer, we usually get a little bit more time. So I'm kind of hoping that during the summer I'll get out and you know go to a few other places and do a few other things. Um, you know, I think you know, from that point of view of being casual at this stage, you know, sort of dropping in, dropping out. Not, not spending a huge amount of time on it. I think I would suggest, and I felt this earlier, I'm sorry if this is tangenting, I felt this earlier before I kind of dropped away. Trading is, um, unfortunately, um, all the cash appears to be in trading uh, still, or at least it appears to be the most accessible method of... Um, uh, you, you've obviously, obviously not been playing for a while. There you go. There you go. That, that's the point. But even so, that's that's the point. It, it's not necessarily that it is. It's the point that it appears to be. Mm. So I'm going to definitely disagree. There. I was last night. I was kind of bumming around Lave, and just just flying around Lave, and I made three hundred thousand credits in under half an hour. Well, in under, under an hour maybe. Just flying around Lave, doing some bounty hunting. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, to, that's quite I've, profitable, I think. Yeah, I've done the same trading, though. Yeah, know. oh, I can definitely do the same trading as well, and I do. But that wasn't trading, and that's... Sure, so sure. No, that's, bounty that's, hunting has become a lot more more profitable now. That, that, that's fine. You know, I mean, you know, I, I was trying to you know, make the point that it is obviously a completely skewed view because it's mm. based on your own personal experience, isn't it? Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's as things are. Sorry, I've taken us totally off. <laughs> uh, don't mind me. Let's 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 go back to the path. Ignore the flowers. Let's go back to the path. <laughs> hey, I just got interdicted by a player who started shooting at me, even though I'm not wanted and I don't have any cargo. Does anyone want to go and help me kill him? <laughs> yes, send me a, send me a wing invite, and I'll come and help you. <laughs> yep, on it. Where where are you? I'm just coming back to leave. It was in Aurora though. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that actually happened to me last night in Lave. Um, I was in my vulture, and two people in Vi- Vipers decided to, decided to attack me. Um, I did hurt them a lot, and then, but with the two of them, they kept running away. And then one of them managed to ram into me, and I kind of killed him. And then I, I limped back to the station, repaired up, and then when I was coming out, I saw the other guy coming in on 30% hull. And I thought, hmm, I don't care if the station opens up at me. And I just kind of charged out of the station at full blast, got outside the zone and took him out. Do you want to pu- publicly state who it is, Chris? I think it was Commander Isle or something, I-L-E. Okay. So do we agree with actually giving these people official recognition and stuff like that? And you know, they, they, he's now got his own ASBO, effectively. Well, it's, we're not on the forum, so I'm hands off here. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Uh, I think you, I think if you attack a podcast presenter on air, I think your name is fair game. Well, I did I did have someone just ram me outside the docking port, so I had to sneak inside a bit quick. <laughs> but I'll I'll leave that there. So I think we should cover the uh, the last topic very quickly uh, in in the dev update on there. It's a big one. It is a big one, but it's just a uh, a fantastic thing to see. Finally, we will be able to generate. Steam keys from the account page on EliteDangerous.com from the 28th of May. Now, I know there was a lot of controversy around this, people saying we should and we shouldn't, and it was going back and forth for a period of time, arguments to and fro. It, it is one of those 
really, really annoying things to see that people have made such a big deal about it when it was such a simple little thing. And it's, in my eyes, I, I kind of felt like it wasn't worth Frontier spending the time doing it. But at the same time, I can see why people would want it. Um, I may or may not do it myself. I don't think it's really going to make a difference to me whether or not I've got it <laughs> associated in my Steam library or whatsoever. But uh, it's nice that they've finally had a chance to do it. Um, Valve have got back to the guys and allowed them to integrate the uh, Steam generation into the account page, which is which is nice to see on there. Um, ben, are you well, going to add this in? Or Chris, go ahead, mate. Well, no, it's what I was curious about is because I don't know enough about how Elite will integrate. Will Steam basically launch the Elite launcher? Yeah. Or will Steam launch you straight into the game? No, it, it launched the launcher. Which is, which is pointless. I mean, I would be all, I'd kind of be all for it in terms of having a Steam key. If Steam could keep my Elite Dangerous up to date, mm-hmm. because what, what tends to happen is, you know, because I play quite intermittently, um, you know, if I, if I don't log in for a couple of weeks, I finally get a moment to sit down and play Elite and log in, and normally it says upgrade, and it's like, well, that's me playing something else for this evening. So it's actually one of the things that stops me playing Elite is the fact that it's, You've got to you know, soft and out today. Mm. Whereas something like Steam ticks away in the background, and you know, it just it just updates games. And when I come to want to play it, it you know, it's there. And I think for me, that would be a much bigger value of having Elite in my Steam collection. Yeah, and that unfortunately, I can say that that's not the case with this. It, it's still going to load the launcher. It still needs to be updated manually. That's that's the way it's it's always intended to function this way it's always going to function unfortunately Um, it would require quite a bit of rework I think uh, to use the I think it's the Steamworks is the SDK they use for that to allow that to happen to have proper integration but then again if they did do that it would probably take at least some of the expense off a Frontier and Frontier's network and I would say give people a better user experience so whilst it might be a lot of work it would also be a massive benefit for Frontier, I think. Yeah, I mean, we we all know that the uh, the launcher is is not the quickest in the world. You know, being being <laughs> being kind to it, I think. Well, if if Ian Norman can knock up a faster one <laughs> over a few days, it's okay. It's maybe not doing all the checks and balances that the Frontier one does, but. Hmm. Well, I, th- I think the only the key distinction between it is that he was uh, downloading multiple files at the same time. I believe that's that's what he was doing. I think that's that's the key difference. I yeah, think, yeah, and I think the main reason why that doesn't happen in launcher is just to be fair. It's a question of availability, like bandwidth per user. Um, so. Th- if they allowed everyone to do that, it would be just as slow because everyone would be open at multiple connections at the same time. That's the kind of yeah, but that, that's why you basically put it onto a torrent. You know, uh, use torrenting technology for downloading our servers for downloading our stuff. It's proven tech that works. Yeah, peer to peer. I mean, a lot of other MMOs use that kind of peer to peer stuff. That's all uh, done in the launcher. They they could do that. Mm-hmm. They, they could definitely spend some time doing that. I think that would be beneficial. Um, the issues they've got at the moment really is on the Amazon cloud, they'd have to pay for that extra bandwidth and availability to allow that but to... But that bandwidth wouldn't be there. It would be our bandwidth that's being used, sure. Yeah, yeah that's... But going back to the first point, I was saying that, you know, if, if they carried on hosting okay, it the way yeah. they're hosting it, then they'd have to pay for additional bandwidth. If they updated the launcher to support peer-to-peer, then that would definitely help. Um, the issue with them moving over to the Steamworks and using that kind of download technology is they'd probably have to sort out another kind of deal with Valve again and we'd be back in that 
circle of waiting for that. We probably would be, yes. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, it's one of those, they're never going to win which way ever they do it, really. But uh, yeah, it was. it's nice to see now that it's going to be integrated into Steam. The only real benefit you get, Chris, going back to your point, the only real benefit you get is people can see you're playing it in your friends list and you can write a review, uh, which is great. Wonderful. That's about all you can do. <laughs> That's great for Frontier, but it doesn't it's not any any benefit to me. Yeah, it, exactly. It's one of those things. It's 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 a visibility thing only. <laughs> it it doesn't really change your experience of the game whatsoever. But you can do it now if you so please. You can. Well, as of the twenty eighth of May, I should clarify. I mean, I mean, you know, we don't all get Ferrero Rocher for being ambassadors. All <laughs> <laughs> very nice badges, medals. <laughs> yeah, sore point there. Yeah. <laughs> mm, you go to a show a couple of times a year. We run a podcast for two and a half years. <laughs> Who gets the badge? Mm. <laughs> Taking no it back comment. onto Steam, though. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Stay on target. <laughs> I'm not better. <laughs> What has anyone visited the forum side of things on Steam? What's that like? Is it a hive of scum and villainy? Is it nice and warm and fuzzy, or what's it like? It was a mix, really. I mean, you know, there was there was some stuff that obviously you got sort of slightly different um, level of information amongst gamers who have picked up Elite via Steam. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, it depends what you make a comparison to. If you compare it to the launch of the last of the um, EgoSoft games, I think we're doing a lot better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that really went badly. Um, no, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, people people go and find the things that they, they're looking to find. The Elite is a slow burner. You know, everyone knows that everyone that's played it, you know, an amount of time is, it's a slow burner. It's a, you know, it's out there. You, you're going in, the, the universe is carrying on stories. Are, you're a little part, you're a little cog in that game is that that's not really the kind of thing that they want. And of course, you know, it's quite a different game to some of the things that they expect. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? A lot of a lot of people using Steam is obviously, obviously Steam is more targeted at younger generation of gamers, really. So uh, they're seeing this game for the first time, a lot of them, and it's 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 a tricky thing to try and balance that community merging in with the, the current community in there. But it, it's nice yeah. to see, you know, there's been a lot of level-headed discussion in there, in amongst the the usual suspects coming in. Yeah, and that's not to that's not to denigrate, you know, anybody really. Mm. Um, I know there was a certain movement when uh, when it was first launched on. Steam. There's a certain movement to try and one of the reasons people wanted the Steam keys is so that as forum members they could go on there and effectively be a lobby mm-hmm. and kind of go on there and, and sort of um, support, encourage, uh, you know, launch. Um, you kind of kind of be a good voice for the game, a positive voice for the game before other naysayers were able to you know to do anything else. And no, I don't know. I haven't. So I was I was talking a little bit about um, the Steam community and and you know the idea that that sort of the the people on the forums from from elite dangerous wanted to go on and, and use the steam keys to effectively to be a lobby to be positive about the launch of the game and so on and so forth and that's that's a very positive that's a good thing but you're also seeing obviously there's still other lobbies of people deciding that you know they've still got an axe to grind about the thing they don't like this because it's negative you know because they didn't like that this feature wasn't included or mm. this this and this I, people are going to have views yeah. and I, I think actually it kind of balances itself out ultimately to well if you enjoy playing it there it is yeah if you don't there you go 
you know so the launch on steam i think has given you know the game certainly a larger platform larger audience everything else yeah you know now the the steam token the ability to to sort of go on there and and sort of talk about it if if that's useful to you great you know. Yeah, but I, I I will put in that uh, just interject with a, a point there, Alan. That uh, we did have people coming on uh, who didn't have the Steam version of the game and helping out and put some really great positive posts in there because oh, yeah. y- you can do that on the forum without buying the Steam game. So <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and I'm sure there are there are pieces and you know having people in both places is useful because you can you know if you're you're a new commander and you're saying ah oh, i'm stuck in a sidewinder how on earth do i get mm-hmm. having someone around to just go yeah it's like this you know this this game is quite a steep learning curve oh, from that it's a that starting point <laughs> you know and i think that ha- having help is is benefit and is positive and you're very useful and of course if that forms a community for you you can you know turn into a group who can go out and support the empire or support the federation or you know carve out a little niche of the galaxy for yourself if that that you know if you got that out of the steam forums rather than necessarily the elite forums great however you got in fantastic you know very happy with that um but it, you know, it is what it is now. There isn't, there isn't really a, a kind of, a, a sort of a community need to sort of launch and support. Do, do you see what I mean? In yeah. Terms of, um, I, I think it is what it is. I think it's, it's out. It's standing, and you know, people can kind of make a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, you got anything to add, mate? I've lost Ben. Yeah. We Sorry, I'm back. I'm back <laughs> in the room. Funny Bones in IRC is saying that he was under the impression that Steam would rather use torrents and updates. Do we know if they've asked Frontier to provide such a thing? No, I'm afraid I don't have anything to yeah, add to I that. I have to admit one, it's but... news to me, but I wasn't sure if you guys have heard anything. Well, I, I mean, I know that you know Frontier would want to do it in the most convenient way they could, both for us as players, but in, in terms of cost as well. I mean, they don't want to add any more additional cost, not only any kind of licensing or agreements that have to happen, but in terms of development time, um, I'm sure they would be keen on adding that if it was uh, if it was a quick win that they could get in. But uh, I don't know of any any details, I'm afraid, on that one be interesting to know though absolutely I'll keep my ears peeled see if I can find out anything about that secrets ears peeled that's, that's an interesting interesting mix mixed metaphors I'm good at those I'm good at those so before I get my tongue any further twisted I think we'll play a, a quick uh, advert and then we'll come back with the community corner folks so stay tuned I was overseeing the delivery of some slaves to the starport in Exios and a cleaning robot had just washed the floor but not left a warning sign. I had to run after a slave that was escaping and I slipped and fractured my wrist. I was delayed for 10 whole minutes while the Medicomp repaired the damage. My time is billable. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was on a regular trading room back to Seoul and it was my job to repaint the outside of the ship. I was given the wrong kind of EVA clamps. Nothing bad actually happened, but it did give me a fright. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was checking some robots through customs when I distinctly heard an official call the robots clanks. I was deeply offended, even though I'm not a robot myself. That's their word. You're not allowed to use it. Can I claim for moral outrage? Yes, you can. At Cowell & McGrath, we are now taking any kind of legal action. 
No case too small, no justification too frivolous. If you've been lightly inconvenienced, embarrassed, or in any way put out, then someone should be made to give you money. Don't be a stupid clank. Uh, excuse me? Carolyn McGrath, taking on any case, playing the percentages. Um, welcome back, folks. So, yes, moving straight on to the community corner. Some interesting things in there uh, this week. The uh, webcomic scene seems to be uh, kicking up a gear. We've got a nice new webcomic here. It's the Mercenary Commander, which you can find at commanderlog, cmdrlog.com. Uh, really, really interesting. Uh, I, I love the style of this. It's kind of like a paint-over style uh, of some screenshots and things like that. Uh, what do you guys feel about this, uh, this new webcomic that's emerged? I love it. Mm. I think it's awesome. I mean, I loved I loved Fangs. I didn't get to comment on Fangs because, you know, it kind of came out um, whilst I was on hiatus and what have you. But um, Fangs looks great. This looks just oh, it's just stunning, isn't it? I mean, mm. the the thing with it. I mean, the the opening cover is Ace. Um, what it does, and I think this is quite subtle. What it does is is Elite is quite a cinematic and quite a visual feast and what this specifically does because he's gone for color pages and stuff what this specifically does is it really makes a visual feast of it and actually you know, the, the 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 sort of story he's gone for sort of stripped and minimal dialogue you know i i guess as we as we go on we've only got four pages so far so we don't really know where he's going to go as we go on we can perhaps be you know critical about sort of scripting or, or anything else but the point is, is he's made the made the visuals absolute king to to what he's showing, and it really reminds me. And um, I don't know if you guys, because Chris knows this, but I don't know if you guys uh, um, are aware. I, I was a complete utter nut for the Eagle back when it was produced in the eighties, and I have pretty much um, every Eagle comic from 1982 through to about 1990 and most of the annuals as well and the annuals were very glossy sort of color picture space opera and this has really got that kind of style to it perhaps even even more so because it's um you know with, with dan dare you were you were still trying in in some respects there was a certain amount of what the ships look like some of the you know the different ships looked it wasn't quite as nailed down as it is in Elite Dangerous. And, of course, here, it's absolutely... You know that's an eagle. You know that's a viper. You know that's a... You know, so this is really a very thematic look to it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I love to see this thing. I, I, I said many moons ago I'd love to see a, a webcomic, and now we've got two of them, which is great. You mentioned Fangs there, and if uh, if anyone hasn't already seen that, you can uh, catch up with it at fangs.bigdinosaur.org, which is uh, the website for that one on there. Ben, what, how do you feel about this new one, uh, web comic? I love it. I mean, I'm basically, I just have to echo out Alan. Um, I think we need to see what's going to come of it because with him just, it looks like he's just releasing individual panels at a time. So we don't have a story really going on there yet yeah. that I could see. Uh, but assuming he's got a good story in his mind or her mind, I don't know, <laughs> then we've got, it's got real potential. 
Yeah, absolutely. And like I was saying, the, the style is this fantastic kind of paint over, a mix of screenshots and uh, blended in with some uh, hand-drawn artistry, I think there. It was a really, really nice style. I, I really enjoy it. Chris, how do you feel about it, mate? Again, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, I think it's fantastic. I'm always in. I'm always kind of envious of people who can draw and draw really well. Um, and we were sort of saying earlier before the podcast um, started that even though it does kind of look like you know some of the ship panels maybe are, are sort of overdraws of, um, of of screen captures. Nevertheless, there are a lot of components in there that are that are definitely drawn. You know, drawn from hand. Uh, and his figures are very good. You know, his his. Um, and it's just again like I said about the fangs thing it's got a real it's the composition mm. of the panels yeah. that really shows that the guy knows what he's doing in a kind of comic book format there's a particular panel I like where the ship is exploding and as it's kind of exploding there's a line of dialogue coming out of the cockpit sort of saying something like well this is nice kind of thing and um that really reminded I think like Alan says it reminded me of an old eagle thing I think more than anything um, I think it's um, yeah I've been to see where the story goes mm. um, and uh, obviously with only kind of three pages in it's hard to kind of really get a feel for it as an overall thing whereas obviously the fangs one is kind of more of a pulp style where you have like a set of eight panels and it's kind of it's it's it fangs is more like the kind of comic book equivalent of a of like a drabble where you have like a very specific point made in a very small number of frames whereas this other one is obviously gradually building up to being like a full uh sort of comic style story yeah or graphic novel essentially yeah. uh i mean you know I, I i i read to to the end and then discovered that like many of uh our erstwhile hosts and team uh, he appears and um, his wife is now pregnant you know we we kind of understand that from well i don't personally understand that but we kind of understand that from from people on the team obviously uh, having different priorities in their life their life priorities changing uh, the elite community people tend to be of a particular age where these kind of things appear to happen so a bit of a shame in that um you know uh, obviously the priority is completely right mercenary commander needs to take a bit of a backseat to to making sure that uh, wife and baby are doing fine but i you know i utterly love his work i'd i'd love to you know to to see more of his work i'd like to work with him i think that i think we could bring an awful lot with what we already do if he's interested i've made the point on the on the thread uh, to be fair and um just to to echo with the fact that um you you gave the the url for fangs um, the url for this is uh commander log um, so it's www.cmdrlog.com to find find Mercenary Commander. Great stuff, yeah. Like I said, keep up with that, folks. It's a really good-looking webcomic. I think uh, you won't be disappointed checking out that. Um, I must give a quick shout-out to an in-game commander. I've got Commander Steed right here. Um, uh, I accidentally cut his arm off in a game of Elite Encounters. So, sorry, sorry. Uh, he's still looking for his arm. He's, he's mostly armless. Uh, so, moving on to the next topic there. Alan, do you want to uh, just tell... Did you just go there? I, I totally went there. I'm sorry. I tried to avoid it, but I couldn't resist. Uh, <laughs> uh, Alan, do you want to tell us uh, you've got an announcement to make about Lave Revolution, haven't you, sir? Yeah, okay. So, we did a competition about five or six weeks ago, and I haven't forgotten. 
uh, about that competition. We did it quite a long while ago. We didn't do it just five or six weeks ago. Um, but five or six weeks ago, it closed. And I did promise I would sort it, I would judge it, I would uh, deal with everything. So to remind listeners, the competition was to write in 100-word drabbles that were advertisements for spaceships in the Elite Dangerous game. What we would then do is take those drabbles away and we'll look at making them as in-game, or well, not in-game, but lay radio adverts, like the adverts that we already have. So we're going to put those together, um, having a look through. And there's some great entries, some really, really great entries. The one that won, and this, uh, for the winner, I did say that there will be a copy of Elite Lave Revolution for them. Now, in the current circumstances, that's a little tricky, and I'll, I'll just you know be plain about that i'm in contractual dispute with the publisher so at the moment elite labor revolution is not available for sale we will resolve that situation as as soon as we can resolve that situation however i do have a few copies knocking around here so i will be able to send the competition prize and the individual who won it is posted or posted a drabble on the the show thread on the 27th of february and it was an advertisement for the eagle and it was by Mixie Pal. Now, the reason I chose this is because it is the most memorable. I basically, I, I, I read them all multiple times, went through them, and kind of went, okay, uh, you know, which of which of these does this, which of these does this, and um, yeah, it is the most memorable of the drabbles. So Mixie Pal did uh, a little one on the eagle. Uh, congratulations! It just has a She's well. He or she has put put some fu- uh, some puns into this. Deadlier than a seagull. <laughs> Rolls faster than a well-trained beagle. It's kind of funny, and it's not it's not biased on the fact that I'm flying an eagle. <laughs> Although I reserve the right to be biased in that regard if necessary. Excellent, excellent. Well, congratulations to you, Commander. It's great to hear. Can I chip in then for a moment? Yeah, sure, Mitch. Uh, Just because I just thought I'd bring it up now. We're sort of on topic, seeing as um, Alan's obviously mentioned about the the, the sort of contractual dispute uh, that's going on there. With the audiobooks, I just thought I'd give you a little update on And Hear the Wheel and give a shout out to somebody. Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so because with sort of agreement with, with, with Alan and stuff, um, because it's obviously awkward to, you know, be continuing to use Alan's resources while things are up in the air, we've sort of agreed that we would, um, use a different composer for and hear the wheel. Um, and I just want to give a sh- shout out to Steve Wilson, who is part of the elite SoundCloud group, uh, that Alan set up. Uh, and he's agreed we're, we're basically using three of his frankly excellent tracks. Uh, as a soundtrack for and hear the wheels so um if you guys want to you know sneak preview of what the music we're using sounds like he's on that elite group presumably alan he's in the live feed yeah he's um, online. omniboy yeah, yeah it's omniboy um yeah so uh he's got a couple of tracks that are on uh, on the live feed to come is on yeah. the live feed i think encounter is on the live feed That's one right, or two yeah. others and we're um, also using there's another track that he's done which wasn't sort of inspired by elite but i listened to it and i was going to ask for it and then he actually said oh i've got another track that you might want to use that's probably appropriate so there's one on on certainly on his own page called his journey um which again is also i mean they're 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 thoroughly excellent tracks um and it's been you know it's been really interesting to work with um just some different tracks because i mean i'm not you know, obviously everyone knows how much I love Alan's music. I can't stop going on about it. Um, but in some respects, it's a, it's kind of one of these things where circumstances have given us an opportunity to, 
to do something a bit different and it's quite nice that that maybe musically and here the wheel won't sound sort of exactly the same as you know reclamation and um and the anthology so yeah awesome and do go and check out his stuff it is absolutely awesome um and i'm really hoping that we're going to be able to work with him you know again on, on other projects really awesome excellent great stuff i look forward to hearing that as well i can't wait <laughs> do love the audio things so uh the last topic in the community order starfighter a new kickstarter ben do you want to uh, fill us in on the information for that yeah sure so this is a kickstarter that the elite dangerous community brought me and well, made me aware of um a few days ago and i i have to admit i might have bought into it um, it's basically, it's almost like the opposite of Elite Dangerous. If Elite Dangerous is a giant sandbox, the idea of this is that they've got several ideas, but the, uh, the it's most basic. The idea of it seems to be um, Unreal Tournament in space. And oh, then, pardon, sorry, Crash? I see, sorry. I, I Like I said, I missed this entirely, so I'm interested in that now. So, so the basics of it would be Unreal Tournament in space, but then if they actually manage to go all the way, then it would be almost like, um, say, X-Wing, X-Wing or TIE Fighter or something like that, where you've actually got voiced storyline missions and everything like that. It's a Phil Newtonian physics dogfighting with incredibly customizable ships. But what I like about it is that it's got a very low cost of entry. They've got early birds of $15, so what's that, just over £10? Yeah, and then much. once you're out of the early bird, then it's $25, which isn't too much either. It's only $50 for beta access, $75 for alpha access. And then this is something I think you'd be very interested in, Karash. Mm-hmm. For $150, you've got to jo- join the crew where oh. you can basically join in their weekly dev calls. Oh, um, so it's, it's, a, it's like a DDF type thing. It's, well, it sounds better than a DDF. I mean, can oh. you imagine listening in to, and possibly joining in as well, because they're talking about interacting with as well. Hmm. Interacting with as well. Can you imagine talking to Frontier on a weekly basis about some things? I have no idea how they're going to police this, but wow. Oh, man. See, now I miss the DDF more. Um, they do also have other much more expensive things but i thought that 151 was like that's just mental if that goes Mm. ahead and how that goes ahead um the thing though that they're doing i think makes a lot of sense is that they're it's got a very low initial cost for the kickstarter of just 250,000. but you can tell that the real game that they want is basically 17 million uh, which I, I think yeah. they're going to be very lucky to get. <laughs> I say, well, well, who wouldn't want that? I mean, no, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but it, it makes a lot of sense that for two hundred fifty thousand, you can make the engine, you can make it multiplayer, mm-hmm. and you don't have anything else there. It's just here's a couple of maps, and maybe people can buy maps for a five or a ten or whatever, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Versus the seventeen million. Here is a fifty fifty dollar triple A title, sort of Squadron forty two or Ex, um, TIE Fighter or whatever. Yeah. And a whole load of different things in between with player-governed universes, um, multiplayer ships, ships and, capital yeah. ship battles. 
I th- it sounds incredibly exciting. Yeah, yeah. I think they've they've t- taken a very sensible approach here. That you know they've gone for that very low barrier of entry, like you said, quarter of a million just to get a yep. game running, mm-hmm. and then if it goes astronomical, then great, brilliant. We can have all of this really cool stuff we want to do. And I think that's, that's nice for them to kind of lay it out on the table and say it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, ideally, this is where we want to go. But if if we just get this far, great. We can still give you guys something fun to play. Precisely. Yeah. And I think it's quite enthusiastic that they're, I think it's five or six days in, and they're already just under halfway there. Oh, excellent. At 116,000, so 116 out of 250. And then obviously, hopefully, they're going to get more publicity behind it. Um, One of the things that we are going to do in terms of that, just to help them out, I'm going to be hopefully, um, touch wood, interviewing one or two of the guys in the near future and we'll get that out to you in a few days time great stuff i look forward to hearing that as well so if you guys want to uh, check that out on kickstarter you can uh, search for starfighter dot dash inc is it not starfighter dash inc and it has to be all in uppercase okay cool absolutely well, it doesn't for google but you know all their things are, are all in uppercase Cool. I look forward to reading up on that a bit more when I have a chance. So, uh, in an embarrassing case here, I should have gone to Specsavers. I missed one more point on the Community Corner, which I want to go back to briefly now. Uh, Alan, you had an article published, did you not? I have an article published at the end of the month. Um, it's basically um, during the... And this has been 18 months in the, the prep and planning. Um, during the period when I was helping with the initial design uh, concepts and, and doing, you know, writing guidebooks for the, the fiction authors and everything else. Um, as part of my PhD, I submitted a article to Foundation, the International Journal of Science Fiction. is a very, very reputable academic journal. Uh, publishes all sorts of, of stuff. And at the end of the month, issue 120 is due out, and it has my article on developing Elite Dangerous in it, uh, which you know, describes the work that I did as a concept writer and relates some of the ideas I had about how how the best process was to work with these these sort of multiple outputs, i.e. the fiction and um, you know drawing ideas from the, the previous games and sort of pulling it all together into something co- uh, coherent. I think he said cohistent. Strange <laughs> word. Um, pulling it together into something to co- something coherent. Now that is a subscription journal because it is an academic journal. Unfortunately, um, you can find it on www.sf-foundation.org. Um, if you're interested, yeah, it's a fairly small subscription. But uh, the point there being is that you are the Foundation Journal does cover a lot of the great and the good, the main things that are going on in you know in science fiction. So um, some of the some of the first patrons of the of the journal, Ursula Le Guin, Arthur C. Clarke, current patrons, Ursula Le Guin, Neil Gaiman, a lot of the some of the greatest writers and theoreticians and, and, and people who've been involved in science fiction for years have published bits and pieces in that journal. So nice to see Elite getting in there and having an opportunity to, you know, to sort of be in the next race. I haven't got my copy yet, but uh, apparently it's in the post. Brilliant, brilliant. I look forward to reading that as well. So congratulations. Oh, that sounds really, really interesting. I'm a bit of a, a game dev geek, so I'm going to enjoy reading that, I believe. Um, let's go for a quick advert, and then we'll uh, get on to the uh, questions for tonight's show. Oh, boy, space is cold in here. That commander has a cheek sitting up in his cosy and warm cockpit while we haul radioactives around his cargo bay. Oh, is it cold? I haven't noticed. Oh, that's right. Why... 
You're not even shivering. Maybe it's because I picked up this North Coast Cargo Bay sweater. It keeps me warm and stylish. Say, that is a nice jumper. It's made from the finest Verex wool and handcrafted by novitiates in the underground monasteries of Van Manen's Star. Wow. Where can I get one? New North Coast Cargo Bay sweaters. Be the envy of your friends. Wow, every lady from here to the Empire. Be warm and toasty, even on the tenth planet of a dying star. Now on sale at Spark and Mensa. Better now? Better? Why, I feel so warm I'll probably never catch man flu again. Spark and Mensa. Because nothing says sexy like a neck-high jumper. <laughs> uh, that's something I can relate to, man flu. So moving on to the questions for this week's topic. So I'm going to pick, uh, pick in, in a random order at the moment because there's one that appears to be directed to me. So from uh, Alex Turner there. Uh, last episode, I was talking about collecting unknown artefacts. Did I abandon my quest for Sagittarius A-Star or did I make it there and back again? I can confirm, yes, I made it there and back again. OMG, it took so long. It was hard. It was arduous. I was starting to hear the voices telling me to turn around, but uh, it was it was good. I, I, I enjoyed it in the long run and ended up making about 20 million credits. I think. Did, um, did, did God ask you for a ride in your spaceship? <laughs> I might have hallucinated that at one point, I believe, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, yeah it, exploration is one of those things where you have to have patience. You absolutely have to have patience, and I, I learned the hard way. But no, it was good fun. It was definitely a different pace to the game. Great experience. I, I would do it again. Maybe not that far, but I would definitely do it again. Uh, so next topic, uh, next question, sorry, I should say. Steph Wyeth asks, uh, how, uh, how are the Lave Radio, uh, sorry, Lave Revolution movies coming on? Will it be premiering at LaveCon 2015? Alan, you already touched on this. Will we have something to show at LaveCon? Yeah, it depends if, um, if I get enough time to do the last bits. Essentially, what's going on is I'm trying to get, because the cut is almost done apart from post-production shots. And what needs to happen is there needs to be a, a definitive amount of time to go through those post-production shots. And, you know, the different things of, of Marcus needing time to actually living uh, because he's graduated and, you know, and he's off trying to make a career and managing this film and also me not having any time, you know, with other stuff. So essentially what you to happen this week might happen next week now because I've not heard back on him uh, via email is that I'm essentially going to pick up the the rough cut and then if I've got a couple of days or well maybe a bit longer than that then I can just do the post-production shots and then it's done so that's the case and if that's in time for LaveCon great if it's not in time for LaveCon it will only be because I have not had enough time to just do those last post-production bits and pieces no worries we have a clip though sneaky peek you, you, Please. Yeah. Does anybody do that to you, Chris? Yes. <laughs> All the time. Do, do I do that to you? No, no, you don't do that. that to you. Right. <laughs> Cur- currently, I don't have the footage, so unless I have the footage, then no, you can't. Have Maybe you could do a oh George Lucas and clip together the footage using World War Two archives. Or, or I could, or I could just put some titles over some some music and do a gravelly voice that goes, well, get, you know, yeah, get get someone else to do a fake fan trailer of it and say, yeah, yeah, this is this is Live Revolution. Yeah, yeah, well. So, so I always remember the um, when there was this when Star Wars Episode One was still kind of rumored there was this thing that hit the internet which was leaked 
you know, Star Wars Episode One trailer, and they had this big, huge battle scene with all these guys running at each other with lightsabers. And I looked at it and I thought, something funny about that. And I paused it and I'm like, yeah, all those guys running with lightsabers, they're wearing kilts and they have blue faces. <laughs> I don't think that's a clip from Star Wars. Yeah. I think someone's put lightsabers over Braveheart footage. Yeah, they had. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was part of the trailer that had Leonardo DiCaprio as Anakin Skywalker. Did it? Brilliant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I was involved in the, uh, the fan films community on the Force.net for a little while. I, I, I saw a few of those. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Well... Fingers crossed. Hopefully it gets sorted in time. That'd be great to see as well. Uh, next question on there from Rory Scarlett. I believe we've covered uh, the fuss about the Steam keys. Yes, you'll still be able to play the game the same way. Um, we don't understand why the fuss is, I don't believe either. But uh, yeah, and I think we, we agree with what you're saying there is that... Uh, I think we would have preferred the efforts going towards the further development of the game rather than uh, a minor feature, but there we go. Such The community has spoken and Frontier has delivered. That's that's the positive we should be focusing on there, I believe. I don't think, it's, I don't think that takes up any dev time, though, does it? That's just uh, it, it's an organisational agreement, surely, between Frontier and... Well, I, they, they had to provide a web interface via EliteDangerous.com that you could generate a Steam key and all that. It, it takes uh, time. I mean, okay. I can't quantify it but it does take but it's, it sounds like it's going to be the web store team rather than the actual game dev team yeah there's different Maybe. groups different people working on different elements and stuff but there's you know again it, it's more resources and time that have been put into something it's yeah, I, I don't think i don't think there's any point in you know it, it frontier make the decision yeah. i don't think there's any point in us kind discussing of sitting it. here and saying well no no there's a point in discussing it but there's no point in us sitting here and saying um oh oh you know poor frontier they've had to put time into this because the community wanted it or the other way and saying oh you know they shouldn't do it they made the decision you know they made the yeah. decision they made the the choice to do it uh people have have seen the positive of it that's that's down to them if people don't see the positive of it that's fine it's like it's like your tv remote you can you know you can change channel yeah. it doesn't <laughs> not with some tvs you can't so you can turn it off <laughs> Again, not actually. My, I can't turn my son's TV off without you, the remote unless I have, have to got, plug pull out of the wall. Well, there you go. You can turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> you have the feature. You have yes. the feature. But no, I mean, like you said, it, it just seems to be a question of prioritisation, and they've bumped it up because we asked for it. So there we go. It's nice to see it's there. Uh, last one from the uh, question from the IRC chat there from Yorkie Lad. Uh, I thought shaders were only supposed to load up when the game uh, is updated or, or your OS is updated. Do shaders load every time you boot up Elite? So uh, without trying to geek out too much over this, because I do enjoy the technical side of things, um, it, it's all due to the way that the shaders are created. Now, obviously, everything in the game is procedurally generated, so the planets are... Whilst they follow some kind of pattern, they, there's certain runtime parameters that need to be passed in, so shaders need to be recompiled on the fly with different values. Um, so that's kind of what happens. Is When you deploy a game, typically you don't uh, deploy a compiled version of the shader for every kind of architecture you know, every combination of GPU and CPU out there, you just provide the source as part of the uh, of the game code, and it gets compiled as and when it's needed. Uh, the Cobra engine is a little bit unique in the fact that there's so much stuff which is generated by the GPU on the fly that it, it has to create shaders and recompile them on a, on a regular schedule. And this is something that typically graphics card drivers are not 
kind of optimized to, to work with that side of things so uh, that's that's why we're seeing some of the stutter issues that have been mentioned but as uh, Frontier mentioned they, they've found one of the potential issues and they've fixed that in Powerplay and there are some other potential optimizations they can do it's one of those things where it's, it really is a combination of everyone working together the driver manufacturer uh, the engine developer everyone's got to work together and figure out the most optimal way of using the hardware so hopefully it will continue to improve over time um and that's that's all I'm going to say about that. So moving on to the uh, to the shoutouts, Ben, do you uh, want to give a quick shout out to all the in-game commanders at the moment? Yeah, I'm possibly going to miss some people, and some of the people in the that I've seen talking are maybe not live radio listeners, but I've seen them talking and joining in the community anyway. So yay, hi to them. So I'll give shout outs to Commander Archimbaust, Arian, a Reliant Owl. Yashira, Kevin Lane, Unisec, D. Dirk, Thaddeus Twerpage, uh, Katam, Babster, Steed, Edward Brightblade, Jim Jeeves, Client Axe, R. Ro- or R. Royce, however you pronounce that, and Commander Basil Deprit. And I've got one final special shout out to the wife, if she's still listening. Hi, Claire. Has <laughs> she got a face on because I said hi to my kids? <laughs> excellent excellent and i'll just cover one we have one from uh, the laveradio.com website uh, hey there i'm new to the elite universe and therefore discovered your station slash show very recently last night i chose to mute the in-game music and listen to the show instead well thank you very much uh best I'm, just, uh, I'm just impressed that, that ben's wife is listening to the uh the podcast <laughs> my wife my wife hasn't even heard all 11 episodes of escape velocity <laughs> Two years. i think my entire family were listening in at least earlier i was getting texts left right and center <laughs> my my mum listens hello mrs Stroud. yeah no just occasionally not not probably not tonight uh, so, Alan, do you want to uh, give a quick shout-out for the Data Slate project? Yeah, no, just if people aren't aware, um, on Sundays we're now broadcasting Data Slate, which is essentially it's Live Radio's bridge towards the fiction and fantasy community. Um, this is a little show that myself and John Richardson from Starfleet Comms put together. And what we do every Thursday night, we get together uh, at about 8.30 and talk about a book that we've read. Um, discuss you know, how good it was, how bad it was sometimes as well. Um, and we talk a little bit about the latest science fiction and fantasy news. So we've covered things like uh, the the Star Wars celebration event in America and how it's coming over here next year, uh, the Mad Max uh, Fury Road trailer. Yeah, we, we're just generally and, and different award ceremonies. I should mention that John Richardson rather brilliantly one week recommended a book and then the next week it won the Arthur C. Clarke Award. So he's uh, he's got particularly adept at this. But yeah, it broadcasts on Sunday night. At eight o'clock till nine o'clock, so it gives you an hour to to just you know um, sit down with us, chill out about a couple of books, and maybe see them. So you get an opportunity then to you know to click on the links because it will go live on the um, uh, on the website immediately afterwards. So you can click on the links immediately, find the book, and if you like it, you can tell us about it. And if you want to come on, if you've got a book to talk about, you're more than welcome. As are all of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is good I, I managed to catch up with about 30 minutes today so I, I really want to listen to the rest as soon as I have 5 minutes to spare so thank you for that Alan and I absolutely have to give a shout out about uh, LaveCon 2015 which is on the 11th to the 12th of July at the Sedgebrook Hall Hotel in North Hampshire I cannot wait to go there it's going to be awesome anything to add there Alan? 
No, no, it's no. going to be great. Um, uh, we've got we've got this really good Artemis setup confirmed that John Richardson's going to bring. So um, yeah, that's going to be something very special. <laughs> Oh, absolutely! It's going to be really, really good. I, I just, I really enjoy just, you know, bumping into everyone, meeting up, and you know, having a chat. It's really, really good fun. Plus, there's going to be so much to do there as well. It's going to be really awesome. And uh, Julian Gollop, Julian Gollop's coming! Yay! Yeah. Yay! I'm looking forward to this. Really looking forward right. to this. It's going to be, it's going to be good fun. So yeah, can't wait to meet you all there. Hopefully, uh, everyone listening uh, has a chance to check that out, get some tickets, and it'll be really, really fun to meet up with all the commanders out there. So, yes, awesome! Can't wait for it. Excited. And tickets are going fast. They are. Tickets, think... tickets are nearly gone. Yes. You know, no, uh, I mean, we can we can take more people, you know, but the actual hotel itself is almost booked out. Now, the the interesting thing there is that they're obviously they're a commercial hotel. They you know they've got other um, other things going on at different times and, and over that weekend. There, what's happened at the moment is we're now into like the little reserve little tiny amount of rooms that are left that they'd allocated for the wedding that was going on as part of that weekend we're now basically selling those so there's you know <laughs> more than a hundred people have bought hotel room tickets and there'll be more than that of people turning up on the day so yeah excellent stuff it's really really cool well that's it for another episode of Lave Radio, folks. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us uh, on info at laveradio.com. You can catch us on Facebook slash Lave Radio or at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Skype chat channel by adding Fozza101 to your Skype contacts, or you can join the TeamSpeak server where the commanders come and hang out and have a chat. And that's on laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Thank you very much to Chris, Ben, and Alan for joining tonight, and thanks for all those commanders that joined us outside at the Lave station tonight. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Two seconds, I'll be right back.